Welcome to the Choose You Netcast. This is Jim Langlois with the word from Joshua 24:15. Choose you this day whom you will serve, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It's my prayer that this netcast will encourage and cheer you on as we join forces to draw the line in the sand, defending our faith and our households in the resurrection power of Jesus. Join me each weekday as we dig deeply into God's amazing word and bring up the rich treasures of his blessings. Are you ready? Choose you this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house. I said, choose you this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house. world and thank you for tuning in we're continuing in our series called living in a fast-paced bite-sized world psalm chapter 1 verses 1 through 3 is our text it says blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly nor stands in the path of sinners nor sits in the seat of the scornful but his delight is in the law of the lord and in his law he meditates day and night he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. And we've been discussing the parable of the sower, and we've been talking about a picture that has four parts to it. On the left side is the wayside. It looks like a hard road, and on the wayside you can rest or you can move easily. And then to the right is the stony ground, which begins to slow you down. To the right of that is the thorns, And it's very difficult to walk through that. It can tear your clothes and even cut you. But then we finally reach the good ground. It's the parable of the sower. Or we could say it's the parable of the soils. And we've already discussed the wayside and the stony ground. And yesterday we hadn't quite finished talking about the thorny ground. Matthew says in chapter 13 that the thorns sprang up and choked the seed that was sown. What caused this terrible event was the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches that choked the word, and it made the word become unfruitful. And three things are mentioned, the cares of this world equaling a distraction, the deceitfulness of riches equaling a delusion, and the desire for other things equaling a defocus. A distraction, a delusion, and a defocus from what? From the word of God and our relationship with Jesus Christ. You see, they're designed to keep you from reaping what you've sown. They are designed to keep your fruit from maturing. Remember, though, maturing takes time, quality time, time that is not distracted, time that is spent in truth, time that is focused. Much like spending quality time with one's friends, parents, spouse, children, or grandchildren, we need to have some time with the Lord. Farmers know if they are to produce a quality crop, they have to pay attention to seasons or times. They must be specific in the preparation of the ground, in other words, removing the rocks and thorns, and then seeding, and then watering, and then nurturing, and even fertilizing, and the harvest will come in due time. Natural life is a reflection of spiritual life. We will reap what we sow. If there's no preparation, no seed, no water, and no fertilizer, it amounts to no harvest, no profit, no benefit, and no bit of good. 
how foolish we would be to think the kingdom of God is any different. The book of Hebrews chapter 4 verses 2 in the Amplified says, For indeed we have had the glad tidings, the gospel of God proclaimed to us just as truly as they, the Israelites of old, did when the good news of deliverance from bondage came to them. But the message they heard did not benefit them because it was not mixed with faith, with the leaning of the entire personality on God in absolute trust and confidence in his power, wisdom, and goodness by those who heard it. Neither were they united in faith with the ones Joshua and Caleb who heard and did believe. Time with God, with his word. In other words, we're going to need more quality time and bigger bites of time with God's word. You see, if we truly understand the parable of the sower, then as Romans chapter 8 verses 35 through 39 says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long and we are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Yes, if we prioritize our time with the Lord, we'll be like a tree planted by the river. Reading Psalm 1 again, just verse 2 though, But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. And what will that produce? Well, that's what comes from good ground. If the ground is the heart, then we could say the good ground is the good heart. If we have to prepare the ground, we could say we have to prepare our heart. If another word for our heart is our spirit, then the preparation of our heart is spiritual preparation. If the wayside, the stones, and the thorns are the hindering issues, then the wayside, the stones, and the thorns represent spiritual hindrances. If natural life is a reflection of spiritual life, then what we sow in the spirit, we will also reap in the natural. Again, if there's no preparation, no seed, no water, or no fertilizer in our spiritual lives, then there'll be no fruit or harvest in our natural lives either. No profit, no benefit, and no bit of good. How foolish we would be to think the kingdom of God is any different. Now, concerning the good ground, Matthew says in chapter 13, the good ground yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. The good ground is he who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and produces some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. In Mark's version, in chapter 4, he says the good ground yielded a crop that sprang up. It increased and produced some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some a hundred. Those that hear the word accept it and bear fruit, some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some a hundred. In Luke's rendition in chapter 8 concerning the good ground, it says others fell on good ground, sprang up, and yielded a crop a hundredfold. The ones that fell on good ground are those who, having heard the word with a noble and good heart, keep it and bear fruit with patience. Now, my favorite is Luke's writing, having heard the word with a noble and good heart and bearing fruit with patience. Luke chapter 8, verse 15 in the English Standard Version says, hold it fast in an honest and good heart. 
The Amplified Version says, Hold it fast in a just, noble, virtuous, and worthy heart. And the Message Bible says, Who sees the word and hold on no matter what. The good ground and the good heart. The good ground, or you could call it the good heart, understands, accepts, and keeps or holds on to the word of God with patience. The good ground understands, accepts, and keeps, and it bears fruit with patience. James chapter 5, verse 7 says, Therefore be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until it receives the early and latter rain. And then in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 36 through 39, in the Amplified Version, it says, For you have need of steadfast patience and endurance, so that you may perform and fully accomplish the will of God, and thus receive and carry away and enjoy to the full what is promised. For still a little while, a very little while, and the coming one will come, and he will not delay. But the just shall live by faith. My righteous servant shall live by his conviction, respecting man's relationship to God and divine things, and holy fervor born of faith and conjoined with it. And if he draws back and shrinks in fear, my soul has no delight or pleasure in him. But our way is not that of those who draw back to eternal misery, perdition, and are utterly destroyed, but we are of those who believe, who cleave to and trust in and rely on God through Jesus Christ the Messiah, and by faith preserve the soul. So don't draw back into eternal misery. We've been chosen to bear fruit. John chapter 15 verse 16 says, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the Father in my name he may give you. Yep, that's the key, bearing fruit that remains. The fruit of righteousness, that's out of 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 10. The fruit of the Spirit, that's Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. And the fruit of souls saved and lives changed. And that's out of Mark chapter 16, verses 15 through 18. Yep, we're like a tree planted by the river when we keep drinking the water from God's word. And let's talk about drinking the water. Remember Psalm chapter 1, verse 2, But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. Well, the parable of the soils, since the soil is the heart, then we could say the parable of the heart. Since the seed is the word, and the soil is the good heart, we could say the parable of the word in the good heart. One of my favorite daily devotionals is published by Reverend Joe Purcell. And yesterday, his devotional was entitled, The Power of a Seed. And he opens with a scripture that we read previously. It's Mark chapter 4, verses 26 through 29. And he said, The kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground, and should sleep by night and rise by day, and the seed should sprout and grow, he himself does not know how. For the earth yields crops by itself, first the blade, then the head, after that, the full grain in the head. But when the grain ripens, immediately he puts in the sickle, because the harvest has come. Well, Reverend Purcell then spoke of the implanted word of God, and let me read that to you. He says, Now I want to say something that may shock you at first, but read what I'm about to say very carefully. The word of God makes a very interesting statement in James chapter 1, verse 21. 
James said to receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. From James chapter 1 verse 21, from this scripture we can see that the word of God alone will not save you. The word of God alone will not help you. The word of God alone will not heal you. And the word of God alone will not transform you. It is only the implanted word which is able to do all these things. Implanted means to be planted within. The word has to be planted within you in order to help you, heal you, transform you, and save you. That's why we're talking about the implanted word. And that's why these scriptures are so important. Because this is how the kingdom of God works. Remember that the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And if you want more righteousness, peace, and joy in your life, then learn to receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your soul. Yep, the implanted word. What a great way to explain the parable of the good heart. Well, we have to stop here, but we'll continue right where we left off tomorrow. So, we'll see you then. I call you blessed. You have been listening to the Choose You Netcast with Jim Langlois. If you have enjoyed this program, you can find out more about Jim Langlois Ministries on the Master's House website at tmhnow.org. That's tmhnow.org. On the media tab, you can listen to many more messages, subscribe to my daily devotional emails, and follow the link to my blog site. If you'd like to write me or become a financial partner with this ministry, my address is the Master's House, Post Office Box 1568, Mechanicsville, Virginia, 23116. That's the Master's House, Post Office Box 1568, Mechanicsville, Virginia, 23116. Online donations can also be made at tmhnow.org, and my email address is pastorjim at tmhnow.org. This is Jim Langlois saying be blessed, you and your whole household. Until next time. Choose you this day, but that's for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house.